Hello, everyone. Welcome to Little Wars FM. I'm Josh. And I'm Dieter. Tonight, we're going to do part two of our Wild West Rules Review series. Last week, we did Gunfighter's Ball. And this week, what are we going to do, Dieter? Uh, we're going to do Fistful of Lead Reloaded. It was uh, first published, and I think it had the copy I have has a 2016 copyright date. So I think Reloaded is pro possibly a, a revised edition. The original yes. it was uh, written by Jay Wiley and published by Wiley Games. Yeah, I think the original came out around 15 years ago. This is a skirmish set of rules, um, just like Gunfighter's Ball, um, designed for 25 or 28 millimeter figures, but again, completely scalable. Um, this is a this is a bare bones rule set. It's it's um, it sells itself as quote unquote quick and easy. And um, I think it definitely lives up to that moniker. So um, we're going to get into the rules review here now. Um, if you're not familiar with Little Wars TV and how we do our rules reviews, you can check out all our rules reviews that we've done in the past at our website under reviews tab at littlewarstv.com. We're going to break it down into five categories. And the first category tonight is presentation. What do you think about the presentation, Dieter, for Fistful Lead Reloaded? Uh, I think the presentation is pretty good. Um, it's staple bound. It has color cover. Uh, the inside has diagrams and photographs, but it's all black and white, uh, which doesn't bother me a, a bit. Uh, it doesn't feel... As fancy as, as some other stuff, uh, like Gunfighter's Ball did, uh, but it's also much cheaper. Right, right. This is a bare bones set of rules. Um, very, right, direct to the point. I think the booklet is around forty some pages. It's and and by the way, it's a small paperback booklet too. It's only like half half standard size of paper. Yeah, you can um, buy a thicker magazine at the newsstand. Easy. Yeah, yeah, it's black and white, like you said. There's a f just a few photos in there, a few tables. There's not much to this set of rules. Uh, I think out of the 43 pages, only 14 are rules, and that's it. I mean, there's it's it's a very uncomplicated game, and um, the presentation is. I mean, it's the bare minimum. It's, I mean, well, maybe not the bare minimum. It's, it's one or two steps above a hand type PDF. In, in my, in my opinion, it's, it's very simple <laughs> in, in its, in its uh, production. Um, and it's not very elaborate. So for that reason, I mean, it's a little below average in a rules presentation. I think, um, just slightly. Um, I would you know, look for something a little bit better. It's also not spiral bound, which again is the big thing for my personal like. So I gave it a four out of 10. Would you give it to you? Uh, I gave it a six. Uh, okay. Par partially so a little because, bit above average. Yeah, I'm, I'm not real picky. I, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it feels like something worth spending money on. Like I said, it, it's much cheaper than, uh, than something that would be, you know, in a hard cover with glossy color pages. Uh, but that's not really something I value too much, so I, I think it's yeah. it meets it it meets expectations. I guess is, is why I'm giving it a six. Okay, that's fair. And it, and it and does, the, and the, and it does uh, have a fair number of it. 
the affordability of the rule set makes this um, plays into our next component of our rules review, which is playability. Yep. Before we do get to playability, it does it does have a fair number of maps and diagrams explaining a couple of rule situations and line of sight and that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah, it does. It does explain that, and it has um, stuff in the back. It has scenarios in the back and some optional rules to make yeah. it a little bit more complicated yep. if you want. Yep, campaign which, which system, a ton of uh, scenarios to go into the campaign that you could easily use outside of that. Yeah, that's true. And I think they're, the one campaign um, or scenario that they had for the campaign, I've used in other games. It was it was a really good creative um, scenario. Yeah, it was one of the few campaigns I've seen in any of the rule books we've uh, we've tried out that has a really good multiplayer scenario. I think it has like six factions. In that one yeah. We used. Uh, or yeah. was it five or, or was six? It, six it might have, no, I think it was it more than that. I think it was like might, eight. Might have been eight. Yeah. Cause it, there were a lot of different factions and they all have different grudges against each other and, and uh, yes. different victory conditions. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a good scenario for a convention game. Which a lot of the other rule books didn't have anything of that that ilk in them. No, nothing similar to that. That that's why I've used that scenario for other games because it was so well done. So playability, we talked just briefly. You know, I mentioned that the fact that you know, or Dieter mentioned the fact that this isn't a very this is a very affordable set of rules for that reason alone. That makes the, getting this game on the table quite easy. In addition to the fact that it is a, a skirmish set of rules, you don't need a lot of miniatures as well. I think, if and and really, I think playability is the strength of this rule set, is because it is so easy to learn. There's it's 14 pages of rules, and they're simple set of rules. There's not a lot going on. Combat is um, we could we'll talk about it mechanics about how the game works, but it it's just really quick to pick up. I mean, maybe one turn of play and everyone knows how to play it. Uh, you don't need a lot of miniatures, uh, just like other skirmish set of Wild West stuff. Um, makes this really highly, highly playable. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a uh, 20 bucks, the price of admission. Get you your rule book. Uh, everybody has a deck of poker cards, which we need for the activation system. And some 10-sided dice, maybe some 12s if you're going to if you're going to play the optional rules for the gunslinger characters and that that's pretty much where right. you need to get started. Yeah. Yeah. A deck of, um, you need the rules. You need the, the poker cards, D 10, maybe a D 12. If you're doing the optional, uh, you need a tape measure. Um, and then you need two different types of markers, uh, one for wounded characters and one for out of ammo. I mean, that's all you really only need the markers. If I guess if you have a lot of miniatures on the table, just to kind of keep track of what's going on or a lot of players too, um, just, just to help keep track of it. But yeah, other than, other than that, I mean, it's, there's not much um, you, you need for this game. So it's pretty easy to get on the table. Uh, it's a definitely a beer and pretzels type of game, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is probably of the what four or five that we're looking at. Uh, if somebody was said they were just super casual about old West and they just had, couple of figures and some terrain and they weren't going to play it super often this is the lowest price of admission both in money and effort i think so would you give it then for your playability number uh i gave it an eight okay i gave it a 10 
I mean, I might be able to, if I had to be talked down to a nine or something, but I, I think this game is really easy to play and, and easy to get on the table. Not, and I think that's the, the strength of this rule set. Um, even from the beginning on the title page, when it says this is a quick and easy rule set, I think they, the, the authors or the, the game designers um, really carried through with that. Yeah, absolutely. And there, and there is, you know, the gunfighter optional rules and the traits from the campaign system. If you want to make things a little crunchier, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely just... think you need to play with traits. I mean, Wild West Skirmish is just so RPG-ish that I, you really need to spice up your characters, yeah. and those traits really help with that. Yeah, traits are, or larger gangs or bands or whatever term you want to use. Because uh, I, I could easily see somebody running six figure, six miniatures in, in this system. Mm-hmm. Some of the others that might bog down a little bit. Uh but th- this one, especially the way the activation system works, it'd be pretty easy to to run six plus miniatures. Yeah, let's talk about the activation system. Let's talk about mechanics. That's our next section. Let's do a brief run through of how the game works. Each turn, uh, a player is dealt a card from the deck for each model that they control that is still alive. So if you have three models or three miniatures on the table that are under your control, you get three cards. And then the turn is played out in the order from king to two, king being the highest card. So if you have a king, you get to activate. And you get to play, the player with that card, with the king, gets to play um, the whatever miniature they want to activate. So if they get dealt three cards and they have three miniatures, they can choose which order they those miniatures activate in. Yeah. They're just, when when they hold the king, they get to activate one of their miniatures. Yeah. So if you, if you like being able to activate or prioritize the miniature that's most important to you at any given time, the, the activation system definitely does that for you. Yeah, it's a flexible activation system. It's not like one miniature has got the king and another miniature has got the five and another miniature has got the two and you're forced to only activate that miniature on the two or the five. This allows you to activate anyone you want when it's your turn, when it's, when, as long as you're holding one of those cards. Suits are also ranked in this, in this game too. So if there's two king, if, if two players are holding kings, King of Spades gets to go before the King of Clubs or the King of Diamonds. So then once you activate, then you can... um, Oh, yeah, and the other thing too about activation is you can't activate the same model twice. So once you've activated that that model for the turn, he's he's done. Um, You have to... The next time your activation comes up, you got to activate another model. And like the other rule set we did last week, when you can activate, you can do two actions. The actions are your typical actions you would expect. Move, shoot, aim, reload, pick up items, use items, jump off a horse, jump over something. When you shoot, guns have two range bands. So it's not like, you know, you have five range bands you have to consult. Basically, you're either shoot you're either shooting short range or long range. And I think those are six inches and twelve inches. That's it. That's your only choice. Uh, if you're rolling to hit at short range, you need a five. If you're rolling to hit long range, you need an eight on a D10. And there's only there's only four modifiers to that hit roll. <clears throat> uh, if you're in cover, if you're wounded, if you're mounted, or if you aimed. That's it. Those are the only four modifiers you have to memorize about aiming, or I mean, rather about shooting. Uh, if you do hit, 
Uh, then you roll a second d10 to see if you wound the target. There is no hit location in this rule set. You do not roll roll. You do not roll to hit a, a, a part of the enemy. You're just rolling to res- basically a result. A one to five, you're pinned. A six to eight, you're wounded. A nine to ten, you're dead. Um, there are only two modifiers to this roll. And those modifiers are whether you're wounded or you're using a shotgun because shotguns give you a bonus to wound. And um, lastly, there's three wounds to each character, uh, and then you're dead. So it can be pretty deadly, pretty quick. And um, there's, again, it's very, very simple. Right. But there's also the special effects of certain cards in the activation sequence, Uh, like the Queen of Hearts, if you play that. Uh, you remove one wound counter and still take your two actions. Uh, the Queen of Spades, if you're pinned, you unpin for no action cost, still have your two actions. Uh, one-eyed mm. jacks will give you a plus one to hit when you're shooting. Uh, two-eyed jacks will give you a plus one in close combat. Uh, any six will give you an automatic reload, and you still get your two actions. And twos will let you fire twice with one action. Uh, so if you wait long enough to activate that character with a two and you use both your actions to fire, you could fire four times in the same activation. Uh, yeah. Also, the aces are a wild card, and you can play the ace as any other card, uh, but the actual card trumps the ace in the activation sequence because it goes yes. goes by suit if both you know two players activate a king at the same time. Uh, or is it spades, hearts, diamonds, and then clubs are the, the priority there. So ace would be the last uh, last card to go if multiple cards of the same value were activated. I, I really like that mechanic um, about how they use how they use the special cards. So um, yeah, it's it's a little it requires a little extra memorization because you're thinking you gotta remember okay what's the queen of hearts do again and what's the queen of spades do or what's deuces allow me to do but again it's not a lot but it's really a clever way to allow you to do little um um extra things in the game like it adds adds some flavor and it it makes the activation sequence not just i want the guy in the most critical situation to go first because that guy might be wounded so you're going to wait until you use your queen of hearts or he might have multiple opponents and you're going to wait and see if he can avoid getting shot to have that chance to do the extra shots with a two, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. It's It, it really does – it makes strategy in the game a little bit interesting. It adds a layer of, of strategy in a, in a rather bland and simple rule set. Yeah. With that, without that, the activation sequence wouldn't really require a whole lot of decisions other than who do I want to go first. Yep. The One of the other things I really like about this um, – this game is this simple mechanic that they used for scatter. Um, when you're, when you um, are rolling like uh, certain, uh, I think it's shotguns, they have a scatter effect or when, when you're moving NPCs on the table, like if there's civilians on the board and you got to move them, they scat, they move in a scatter direction. And the way they determine scatter direction is something I've never seen before in a game. I don't know if it's, was borrowed from another rule set or not, but I've never seen it before and I really love it. And that's, they just simply roll a D10 and they look at the direction, the tip of the D10 is pointing 
and that's the direction and then the number whatever number is facing up that's the inches they move in the direction that the tip of the d10 is pointing in i think that's that's so simple and clever and no one's ever used that before absolutely definitely a unique thing i can't recall seeing that in any any other rules that i've played either yeah i mean a lot of rule sets actually make a specific die called a scatter die with arrows on it like it's so now i'm thinking about this so unnecessary <laughs> you just need a simple d10 um, I, one thing I do got to mention, though, with the mechanics that I don't like is the, the, the you don't track ammo in the rule set. Again, I, I, the purpose is to make this easy. But what it leads is it leads to some really like quirky scenarios because the way they you can get out of ammo in this game and it's by rolling a one to hit. If you roll one to hit, you're out of ammo. So. It has led to situations in the game where it is the very first combat, miniature draws the weapon, and he rolls a one. <laughs> and he's out of ammo. So it's the very beginning of the game, you haven't shot at all, and you're immediately out of ammo. Right, yeah, and conceivably you could spend an action to reload, spend your second action to fire and run out of the ammo immediately. Well, you could really just conceptualize that as the firing action is shooting, it's not a single shot. Yeah, it's as if like, okay, well, I visualize it as this is like, okay, I got up really hungover or maybe even still drunk in the morning and forgot to load my six shooter before walking out into the street. (laughs) Sure. And and I go to pull it out and shoot at, you know, the the sheriff and I'm out of ammo because I'm an idiot and didn't load my gun. So what do you what do you what do you think for mechanics? What did what did you give it uh, Dieter overall? Um. It's a, it's a little hard because it it it's meant to play fast, and it does have some crunch to it. Yeah. Uh, primarily, like we said, through that activation system, and then the traits give you a little a little extra crunch and flavor. Uh, but none of yeah, it, it, it all seemed pretty intuitive. There weren't there wasn't any mechanic that jumped out at me as like that's making this game less enjoyable to me. Because uh, right. I'm, I can be stubborn sometimes, and if there's like one mechanic I don't like, I'll hold that grudge the whole way through the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. I'll give this one a seven. It was solid. Yeah, yeah. I I give it a seven too. Yeah, I give it a seven too. I think uh, the you know there's some couple ingenious little things um, that takes a very simple and basic rule set and spices it up a little. That makes it a little interesting and makes it above average. So. Um, yeah, I, I gave it a I gave it a seven as well. So this doesn't probably fit mechanics as a category. I probably should have mentioned this in the playability. Uh, but this rule system, like the core system, uh, is used in several other Fistful of Lead uh, rule sets that Wiley publishes. Uh, they have a horse and musket, hatchet, red hatchets and black powder, wasteland warriors. There's a fantasy version. Uh, bigger battles, so you can scale things up a little bit. Uh, a sci-fi version, Viva Revolution, which is a Mexican civil, uh, Mexican Revolution set uh, with some period civil. So I'm assuming all these have a little bit of different period flavor, and hmm. probably as many scenarios as these do. So if if you have a an interest in doing a lot of different uh, kind of lightweight beer and pretzel skirmish stuff. Uh, 
you know that that's also a lower barrier to playing multiple genres that all use a similar set with some different flavor yeah that's a great point that's a great point you you can learn one basic rule set but play in multiple genres all right uh that brings us to historical flavor uh it's hard uh i think to get a lot of historical flavor out of such a bare bones set of rules like this um i think it's done a pretty good job getting as much out of it as it can i mean it just it's just so it's just so much there's not a lot to it that they can't put a lot into it i think you know they use the poker um set of cards um and that's uh, maybe in the traits as well that that's about it i mean it's it's pretty there's not a lot to it i i gave it a five out of ten for historical flavor yeah it's a it's fun rule set but i think you could take a couple things out and replace it and you could be playing a musket a musket era game or a, a mexican revolution game or something it there's it's not um it, there's just not a lot to um state to say that it's wild west specific yeah i i'll agree there i think it's it's got a fair i mean for i think for the target of being quick and easy uh with that beer and pretzels feel it's got a decent amount of of crunch and historical flavor uh but if that's you know if that's more important to you than a quick and easy lightweight rule set uh this probably isn't what you want to be playing anyway uh so yeah i'd I'd give it a six myself all right six out of ten all right so support how active is their website can you still buy the rules Dieter? oh you can still buy the rules uh i picked them up at a convention from brigade games and they had uh several of the different uh period rule books that i that i just mentioned uh so and i don't recall if i saw them at any other vendors at Historicon, but they're definitely still being published and supported. Well, and you've got firsthand knowledge on the support. Yeah, I had a question for them about their rules, and um, do I need was I needed to buy something, or do I needed something? Uh, yes, that's what it was. It was it was the um, the character sheet PDF that they had. I oh, had some questions shit. about that because it, it looked to me as if their character sheet PDF online was an older version so i wanted to know if they had a newer version and they they emailed me back with an hour so they were like on top of whoever's running their website and the rules there really is quick to answer you if you have any uh any questions they do have stuff on the website uh, like extra scenarios um they're for purchase though and um they do have a custom deck uh, if yep, you want a the, poker deck that's custom. Yep, and the custom deck has the those special effects we were talking about for the specific cards. It has those printed right on the on the card. Yeah, so that would be nice to have yeah. for this. I think if you're going to play this game a lot. Take some of that thinking out and having to reference those. Yeah, and their, and their character sheet PDF is a nice little handout you have. Again, you don't need a lot for this game to keep track of your characters, but you know um, it's nice to have a, a little template there that you can fill out. So um, for that, I, I gave an 8 out of 10 for support. It's still very active. Uh, yeah, and I, I didn't really have any experience reaching out. 
but it's still published. They've got some of those aids, the downloads, all that stuff. Uh, I'll give them an aid as well. Gave it aid as well. Okay. Well, that brings us to our final ad up here and see what we have. I think um, this is not a bad set of rules. I gave it a 73 overall score. I think that's pretty solid for a bare bones uh, set of rules. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, this was not my favorite of the set of the several sets of rules that we played. Uh, but if somebody was looking to get into wargaming uh, as a beginner, or somebody just wanted a very occasional, casual Wild West game, this is the one I would recommend. Yeah, it's not my favorite either. Um, but again, if um, you're just trying to get a quick game on the table, very simple, maybe teach some beginners entry-level stuff to wargaming and not really overwhelm them or, or put something too complicated out there, this is a great rule set for that. And Dieter, I think yours added up to a 71. Okay, yeah. So 71 for Dieter and 73 for me. Um, and that concludes our rules review for today on Fistful Lead Reloaded by wiley game design that is this is part two of our podcast and we will be coming to you next week with a part three of the podcast and that will be another rule set that um Dieter and i played at the club recently and that we really liked and had a good time with but uh thanks everyone for joining us and uh, i hope you um, i hope you get out there and get some wild west stuff on the table thanks Dieter. Yep, thanks for listening, everyone. Happy gaming. This big old world sure got me running around. I heard a voice that said, just settle down. And with the moonlight as my guide, and with this feeling deep inside, I know now that I am homeward bound. Must I go home? Cruel, cruel world, I'm moving on. I've been living too fast, and I've been living too.